Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number nine of Flip It and Skip It, we'll be talking about cowboy boots. Oh, it's about time. We got a little boot scooting episode here. So you got a good story to kick us off, Dana? Yes. Actually, uh, one of my clients brought me uh, boxes and boxes of cowboy boots. And unfortunately, her husband passed away. And he obviously liked cowboy boots. And when she brought them over, they there were so many of them, but they were beautiful boots. So what kind of boots were these? Well, yeah, they were all different types. And some of them had silver on the toes. Mm-hmm. And some of them had, um, I noticed they all had different textures and mm-hmm. colors. And they mm-hmm. were, you could tell they were very high end. And that's when I had to start the research process to start looking them up. Her boots were all clean and tidy, but there are boots that are beat up and scruffy, mm-hmm. and they still mm-hmm. can be flipped. Now, tell tell me about the box of boots that you got. You could tell that they were high-end. What were the best boots in that box? She had boots that were called Lucchese, and mm-hmm. I had never heard of it before. Have you? Yes, I'm aware of them, yeah. So once I started looking them up on WorthPoint and on eBay, I was just amazed at, I mean, even today, if you look up the highest price first, chances are that the Lucchese shoes are going to come up first. And when you were looking at these, how did you sort through and, and analyze points of connoisseurship? What are the characteristics of a good pair of cowboy boots? Well, it also depended on the material. So Mm -hmm. I soon learned that there were different types of boot material like alligator and crocodile. So I had to learn the difference in those two. Mm -hmm. And then ostrich, snakeskin, calf, and goat. Who knew? Even elephant. Elephant. (laughs) Yes. It's interesting that some of the animals that are the sources for this leather some of them are protected i mean elephants clearly are protected species so the only uh, elephant skin that you'll find elephant hide that you'll find uh, are ones uh, elephants that have died of natural causes sure Uh, at least that's the way it's supposed to be right Uh, that's how they get those hides with cowhide which is probably the most popular leather type uh, for for shoes and boots and, and so on, those hides are a byproduct of the meat industry. So they're not harvested for the hides themselves. Not being from Florida, I don't know a whole lot about alligators. You might have to enlighten me on that one. <laughs> uh, but I know that, so let's take ostrich, for example. Now, mm-hmm. ostriches are small, relatively, compared to a horse or a cow or, or an elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not, there's got to be a lot of variation in ostrich hide. 
there's an area of the the ostrich where they plucked the feathers out and the hide is going to have lots of bumps on it and then there are other parts like the the leg and so on it's going to be smoother mm-hmm. so on ostrich boots you're going to find variation in in the in the look of the leather it's going to mm-hmm. look almost like it was pieced together because in fact it was whereas with a good indicator of cowhide is that it will have natural markings on it. Cowhide is subject to the same sort of uh, blemishes that humans are. Cows get pimples and boils and scratches and and rashes and diseases and that sort of thing, and all of that will show up. So one of the ways to, to identify genuine cowhide is the fact that it's got these things in it. A scar from a a barbed wire fence or from being, you know, getting in a fight with the bull or something mm-hmm. like that. All of those things are going to show up in the hide and in a pair of boots with mm-hmm. cowhide, it's going to show all of those things. Mm-hmm. If it's a hide that has been processed, uh, you're not going to find those kind of blemishes. It's all going to look, it's all going to look the same. So yeah, a lot of, uh, I, I suspect that all of these things are, are going to have their own characteristics and that knowing how to identify the type of leather mm-hmm. will be important in identifying the quality uh, of the boots and other things that you might look for. Well, what w- what else would you look for? Compare, uh, say, analyzing a, the quality of a pair of boots has, can't be all that different from identifying a, a high-end purse, can it? Well, kind of uh, when you're talking about the leather, but we also have to look at the soles and mm-hmm. and the the condition of you know is the sole leather? Is it rubber? Is it leather sole with a rubber capped heel, which is mm-hmm. a lot of work boots, you know? Right. Right. Or the toes, is it square, traditional, snipped, or is it rounded? These mm-hmm. all are important because cowboys have their own their own preference. What, what about the stitching? How do you analyze stitching on a pair of boots? Well, another thing is on the calf of the boot, there is a lot of, um, it could be like a scallop dip, and then there could be stitching all across it. And mm-hmm. it's like with a high-end purse, you know, you do look at the type of stitching and see if it's right. a knockoff, right. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure they could be knocked off as well. So right. you do have to pay attention if it's if it's quality stitching, if they skip some stitches or right. if they've um, double stitched. And you can tell just by taking right. a good look if it's if if it's a knockoff. Yeah, I don't wear cowboy boots. I probably haven't had on a pair of cowboy boots since I was eight or nine years old. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm an avid backpacker, used to be anyway. And any pair of good hiking boots, the uppers are stitched to the soles rather than glued. I mean, sure. Some, if if you look at a pair of boots and the sole is stitched to the uppers, that's a clue that it's better mm-hmm. quality. You mentioned knockoffs. Of course, these days, most knockoffs are coming from Asia. Their knockoffs are probably smuggled in. I don't 
stealing knockoffs, but one of the ways you can tell that boots and shoes are made in America uh, is that if they're made somewhere else and they're legitimately brought into the country, they have to have a tag on it that says the country of origin, where it's made. If you see something that looks like a high-end boot, it's going to have labels on it that say made in America, because that's a big selling point. So if it says made in America and it has all these other quality features, it's probably your best your best bet right there in a, in a good good boot. What kind of differences do you see between um, adult boots and children's boots? I in price, of course. I I usually avoid a child's a children's boot um, unless it's older or it's mm-hmm. vintage, or it's yeah. odd, like one of the highest-priced uh, children's boots on Worth Point was 400 and something. Mm-hmm. And it was actually in our trending, on our top trending, um, that people were looking up. And But this boot had, I don't know, did you notice that? It was red, red The, the red one with, yeah, the, with the white design in it. Yeah, I saw that. And the little cap gun that had a pocket on the side that a little cap gun went in. On the side, like a little holster. A little holster, right. Each boot had a little holster gun. So right. that that would definitely catch my eye if I was thrifting. But mm. when I went to visit my son in Denver one year, um, we hit all... I loved it when I travel for family or fun. I love to hit the thrift stores and look for things that will help pay for my trip. So I like to challenge myself. So one time we went, we hit all of the thrift stores and all I looked for was cowboy boots because there Mm -hmm. were so many of them in Denver. Mm -hmm. And I found so many cowboy boots. I had to get two extra pieces of luggage to bring them all home because I found so many of them. But in fact, today I still have a couple pairs that I never listed because unfortunately I couldn't figure out the size (laughs) <laughs> and I haven't right. spent the time to um, figure out the size. So the size was worn off. Right. But they were interesting and unique looking. And they were stamped Mexico. And a mm-hmm. lot of boots that you can't identify will be stamped Mexico, which is okay. They still right. they still sell and they're still worth money. Right. But you have to be able to list the size of it. <laughs> So sometimes that can be a little challenging. So I Mm -hmm. usually today, if I'm out shopping or thrifting, I will avoid boots that the correct size isn't inside. If the correct size isn't inside, how can you tell what size they are? I have to wait till somebody comes over to try them on. <laughs> well, I guess that's one way of doing it. I was thinking that there might be some kind of sizing tool, like a ring sizer or I'm something sure. like that. I'm sure. I could probably take them to the the shoe, the local um, shoe repair or shoe store. The local shoe repair or shoe store would work absolutely. Right. So right. I could take it there. It's just they've been on the back burner. So there's I only have two pairs, maybe three pairs actually mm-hmm. that were interesting looking enough for me to pick up, but right. in a mad dash, I didn't pay attention that the size wasn't posted. And and when you're in that kind of situation, sometimes you, 
if it's spur of the moment, you forget details. Um, True. Uh, but that's what happens when you get in a hurry and forget your process. You know, it's important to have a process when you go out looking for, for these things. Okay, this is a good place to take a break. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey, eBay sellers, it pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket wherever you go. For a seven-day, seven-look-up-free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back, and we're discussing the ins and outs of flipping vintage cowboy boots. Well, on eBay, um, a couple of search terms are well-worn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can put in cowboy boots well-worn, mm -hmm. and they sell. They may not sell mm -hmm. as high as a as a high-end boot, but if you pick them up for nothing or a couple dollars, it doesn't matter. So you can still um, sell them because there mm -hmm. are a lot of people also that use them for craft projects. They put plants mm -hmm. in them or they cut, they cut them down and they do things with them. And mm -hmm. the more worn out they are, <laughs> mm -hmm. well-worn. Women's oh, boots also can be challenging. Um, in my experience, men's boots sell better, so I don't generally look for women's boots, but mm -hmm. I actually have a pair on now that I haven't been able to sell for a while, and they're by Echo on women's boots. Mm -hmm. So personally, I just avoid the women's boots. <laughs> when you're listing cowboy boots on eBay, it's also handy and it's helpful if you include the measurements besides besides the size but you also use your tape measure and give the measurements of sole measures from toe tip to heel and mm -hmm. and then the widest part of the foot measures and then the mm -hmm. heel measures and then people want to know how wide is the calf and how tall is it so you would measure mm -hmm. from the bottom of the heel to the top of the calf and mm -hmm. then also the width of the tap, the calf. I noticed that um, a lot of sellers will miss that, not thinking mm -hmm. that, you you know, the measurements are helpful when they really mm -hmm. are. And especially for folks, um, international buyers, they especially mm -hmm. need that information because Americans tend to have wider legs. I don't know, but... <laughs> Well, different sizes, different, you know, the, the way the shoes are defined uh, by size are certainly different. Also, the condition of the insole. Do men's cowboy boots have different sized heels? I mean, are some higher than others? Yes, they are. And some are, are thicker than others. Western boot heels, as you had asked earlier, they do come in different sizes. And the short one is, is like one inch. It's called mm -hmm. a, a roper. And then mm -hmm. they also come a roper with a slant. And then there's a fowler, which is one and one eighths, and it mm -hmm. will come with a slant. There's a regular walking, which is one and three eighths. Mm -hmm. Cowboy, the classic, is one and a half inch. And then mm -hmm. there is also the one and a half inch cowboy with a slant back. Then we have the riding boot, which is two inches. And then the riding boot with a slant back. So hmm. 
it's important to know these things to help increase your odds of a better sale. Cowboy boots give men uh, men a very distinctive swagger mm-hmm. when they walk. Yes. But I think women are trained to handle that kind of thing because women often have higher heels. And, of course, if they're wearing high heels or spike heels or something like that, I don't personally understand how anybody can walk in those. But <laughs> maybe that's a good thing that I don't. <laughs> well, it's funny. On um, our last treasure hunt, we went to Round Top, Texas. And one right. of the gals that joined us on the treasure hunt, she collects cowboy boots but she collects them because she paints them and mm-hmm. she resells them at rodeos. Really? Yes. Yes. Huh. So we helped her seek out cowboy boots. And in fact, if you go to our go to Worth Points Instagram account, you can scroll through there and you'll see a picture of her trying on her cowboy boots at uh, in Round Top, Texas, because there was a mm-hmm. lot of cowboy boots there. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, I would see them from time to time when I lived in Maryland. Mm -hmm. But since I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, that cowboy boots are just not something you see very often Mm -hmm. around here. Oh, wow. Um, People just don't uh, wear them. Mm -hmm. There's not a secondhand uh, resale market for them. I don't see them much in thrift stores. Uh, I don't see people wearing them often. There, there are some horse ranches and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you do see cowboy boots there because they appear to work. They, they were designed for sure horses, you know, stirrups, and you know they all had practical uses for the heels and mm-hmm. the pointed toes and and the calf, so that so you wouldn't get killed by. Uh, low-striking rattlesnakes, <laughs> protect your uh, uh, foreleg from the stirrup and that sort of thing. So they had practical uses, but uh, uh, don't see very many of them well, up here. You can still find them on online marketplaces. I've actually mm-hmm. bought boots on Goodwill online auction, mm-hmm. and Goodwill will put some items up on their auction site. Mm-hmm. And I bought mm-hmm. cowboy boots on there before. Mm-hmm. And you find those easy to flip? Yes. Yes, I can definitely flip cowboy boots. And again, it depends on all of the things that we mentioned on mm-hmm. you know, listing them from high end to low end. So based right. on the condition, then you'll be able to get a idea on your profit margin. And where they are made are boots made in China. Well, the plastic boots are, <laughs> but so avoid those, the vinyl. But no, you you want to look for um, Texas, USA, Mexico, um, Italy. Even Gucci makes boots, so there are mm-hmm. you know a lot of designer boots out there as well mm-hmm. that you can watch mm-hmm. for that you can spot. But it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be high end. However, like uh, Tony Lama. Like a lot of things, their prices have gone down, but it depends if they're a rare or has an interesting label. So Tony Lama made different labels through the years. So if there's a gold label, then Mm -hmm. they're going to be worth more money. So pay attention to 
what kind of labels are inside and you've got to do your research. So it's more than just saying, Hey, I'm going to list a pair of cowboy boots and, you know, be quick. All of those are important keywords. Another good keyword for those boots that are ostrich or crocodile or a texture, even that you don't know, you're not an expert. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't have to be experts. You can just put the word exotic and, the people will come forward and say, you know, that's actually an ostrich or somebody will tell you mm-hmm. what it is. And then you can, you know, adjust your title if, if needed. But it's, mm-hmm. it's helpful to have, um, all types of keywords. eBay, for example, allows, you know, 80 characters, use them all to your advantage right. and fill mm-hmm. it up with, with words like exotic or well worn or whatever is appropriate for your listing. Mm-hmm. Let's, Revisit a minute the box of boots that you got from your consigner. How quickly did they sell? They sold so fast that I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Hmm. And it was my first lesson to not... Back then, we didn't have make an offer. We had... um, But folks would contact you and, and ask you if you would take, you know, a price and then you would mark it down. And right. actually, I had that happen on the first on the first boot that I put up, and I I mm-hmm. know better, I know better, but yet I was like four hundred bucks, sure, I'll take that. Let's just run with this. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and then later, after I started listing the next boot, and then I was like, oh, this is a lot like the other one, but I should have asked for more money, and and so it was a, a lesson learned on you know, selling too quickly. When you when you right. have an offer that fast, generally you should have priced it higher. <laughs> right. Don't take the first offer out of the gate. Thank goodness that we have the research tools that we have today because it saves us time. We don't have to research as long as we used to. Plus you get an idea of where the how much money people are willing to pay for a particular boot. Right. You know where the high end is and uh, you can figure out your range and how they're trending, all that sort of thing. If you have enough information, I just think it makes the job easier. You don't leave money on the table if you do your research correctly. Absolutely. Well said, Wayne. Okay. Well, you know, I, I come through in a pinch every now and then, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a thought in my head, and this early in the morning, uh, sometimes I just need more coffee than others. (laughs) Well, uh, here we are. We're coming to the end of Episode 9. Does it make you want to go out and put on your cowboy boots and strut around town? I do. I want to get my hat, my cowboy hat, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and match my boots. No, I want to go shopping now. You've got... You, you give me the fever, Wayne. I, I've got uh, the fever now. I want to go shopping for boots. <laughs> I, I had that effect on pickers. <laughs> I guess uh, that wraps it up, and I'll see you next week. Okay. Go shine your boots. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.